Welcome to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. Welcome back to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset podcast and YouTube video with me, Johnny Pardo. Today, I've got a special guest episode and joining me today is Bill. So, hi, Bill. Johnny, hello. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Bill. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I've been a fan from afar, so it's, a, <laughs> it's an honor to be on the show. I'm glad we've connected and really looking for the conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. So thanks very much for joining us. And you're going to give us some great value, I know. So um, yeah. What? Um, so Bill today is going to cover, he is going to be covering porn and sex addiction, something that he struggled with and he's overcome it but he's going to be sharing a little bit about how he now helps other people with this and addiction so bill has well struggled with this for 35 and 24 years respectively so uh, bill will share a little bit more in a minute he stopped porn and masturbation on march the 21st 2017 at the age of 45 but shortly after he became addicted to cocaine he then dedicated himself to stopping the cycle once and for all. It was then he developed a system of remaining porn-free for life. So since stopping watching porn, he has transformed his life immensely. So congrats, Bill. He has been awarded free Emmy, uh, produced an award-winning documentary short film, became financially independent, and most of all, he has found the love of his life and is engaged. Congratulations on that. So. Today, Bill is a personal development, discovery, and relationship coach with special expertise in helping those who those experience their own spiritual awakening. So, done a little bit of introduction from you, Bill. So, uh, thanks again for joining us. And do you want to say a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely, I, I really appreciate that. And when I hear that back, I still sometimes think, "Wow, holy cow, is that me?" So <laughs> it, it has been quite a journey. And as you mentioned uh, at the very end of all the everything that I've accomplished since I quit porn, um, and we can get into my whole life of of just the crazy wild stuff that I've done and what it meant and how that meant relationships. But it was able to transform my mind to really be open and receive an amazing relationship with my now fiance, who is just absolutely an astonishing person. She's an entrepreneur and somebody that I never thought I'd be able to have into my life and now we're creating an amazing life together uh the, the transformation has been great and uh and i enjoy helping people because it's it's a real it, it's it's tough it's definitely a struggle for a lot of people awesome so yeah it's obviously sounds like a a great transformation and what what did you feel like was the was the kind of the gap you were missing or was there kind of like a root cause that you identified from your journey? Yeah, great question, Johnny. It's so hard for men and women. So I don't want to discount the fact that this happens to mm. women, but my story and who I work with are primarily men, mm. uh, but it affects both sexes equally. It, it It's tough to determine because we find porn at such a young age that it really becomes a part of our life and a part of our identity that it, it's creating such a impact in our brain that we don't realize what it's doing our entire life. And so our current state of being that we end up growing up with 
um, around certain anxieties or depressions or fears or whatever it might be. We try to maybe attribute to many other things, but ultimately understanding that uh, the, the majority of a lot of this stuff goes back to the way porn has affected us because, you know, the men that I work with and the conversation I have are most men generally find, generally find porn around, around the age of 10. Now they're finding it earlier. And the difference, which is scary now is when I was young, we had to go out and look for porn, but I chat with a lot of parents and I'm trying to get in some schools as well to talk that, you know, kids are no longer finding porn. Porn is finding the kids as early as age, you know, five and six years old. So it's very scary because of the intensity and frequency um, that porn has of really scared of the ramification that's going to even have years from now um, because I know the effects it's had on me and it wasn't even nearly as extreme as what kids are being exposed to today. Mm, okay. Very, um, very interesting. And um, yeah, obviously times have changed quite a lot um, since obviously with the internet and everything, not just porn, but things in general can kind of like trigger us. Distractions are at us um, all the time. So um, yeah, definitely. Definitely, obviously, with the with the internet and the increase of technology these days, it's it's more around people. So, when you when you kind of work with people and individuals, do you find that there's perhaps sometimes a they've identified like you have as well? They've got this identity, or they call themselves an addict and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting. So the way I was introduced, and this is the way I try to introduce it to other people, because there's typically a lot of resistance when you ask men to consider their relationship with porn. Most people will attribute it to like alcohol or anything else and say, well, in moderation, it can be good, or there's times that it's healthy. And, you know, I haven't really jumped on the bandwagon. I don't, I'm not really out there trying to prove to people that it's bad for them because there's so many people that know that it is bad for them, that I'm, I'm there for those people. However, when it was first introduced to me, and then kind of back up to your question that you actually had earlier uh, of how it affects, you know, you know, my porn started around age 11 and I didn't have sex until I was 19. And so that was like eight years or so of just formidable development in my brain around sexuality that was porn based and not with real relationship based. So the first time I had sex, I didn't orgasm. And a lot of people would say, well, that's just the first time having sex. It's always awkward. Yes, it was awkward. But it wasn't until moving forward in life, I realized that that was my standard operating procedure where I couldn't get orgasm from sex at all. It was only through self stimulation that I was able to orgasm. And it turned into kind of a life of sex addiction from there because the porn was great. The internet came around. So I found ways to actually meet women online that were very, very easy to meet. So there was a, became my twenties and thirties was just a world of hookups. And it always was just having to be a little bit more extreme, a little bit more extreme, you know, groups of girls, groups of people. Um, I mean, you name it. I, I've done some of the wild and craziest things. And if the, if the podcast goes in that direction, I'll share stories. But ultimately is what happened is I started becoming numb to life. And this was in my mid thirties. And I started realizing there's got to be more to life and nothing really excited me i had lost interest for a lot of hobbies and i would have a girlfriend every now and then but that just seemed real monotonous and tedious because relationships felt empty um and there you know there were some point 
life where I actually question my own sexuality. It's like maybe maybe I'm gay or maybe it's something because of the the attraction of women was felt a little bit different or off. And it was just be turning the world of numbness. And it was a probably in my late 30s where a friend of mine, oh, I'll, I'll back that up. I was also, I was fairly successful in my jobs, what I did. I typically did sales, but I never enjoyed anything. It was just things I had to do. So I pretty much lost enjoyment for most everything that I did. And so I was just in a, in a, in a phase of existing. And I could see in my 30s, like if this continues, I don't want the rest of my life like this. So like, what's going on? So I kind of dove into the world of personal development, self-help, and I kind of became a self-help junkie. And But none of that stuff ever seemed to work. It was finally at one point in time, a friend of mine, a very good close friend of mine, he said, uh, do you watch porn? I said, yeah, fuck yeah, I do as much as the next guy. You know, I enjoy my porn. <laughs> and he said, okay, just consider that it's causing issues in your life because I've watched you for many years and I've seen you just not be able to succeed and seeing you in a space. Maybe porn has something to do with it. And I told him, get the hell out. <laughs> it was, it was just something that I said, okay, thanks for your input. And I didn't think much about it. The next year went on, but every time I was either feeling depressed or anxious or anxiety, or as with a woman, um, and I couldn't be connected it would just enter my mind, consider porn, consider porn. And so that's where I start with most men. If I've tried everything in the world to, to reach a level of success and they can't get there or get to that mind state of complete connection, just consider porn what it's doing and do your research on it. That's all I say. I'm not going to be here to try to prove to you it's wrong. Do your own research. And ultimately that's where I learned that, that porn was actually at the root of everything. And in the challenge was, like I said, it happened from so young that it just became a part of who I was and a part of who many men are that they don't realize that that's the weight that's hanging over them. Hmm. And the deciding point for me eventually came to me as my later 30s, early 40s, I started to get into relationships. I actually had a relationship with a girl that I really liked. And for the first time in my life, it felt like a real intimate relationship. Like I've never felt before with anybody, a real connection. Mm. And when I got to that place, I had complete sexual failure, uh, sexual dysfunction, erectile dysfunction, loss of libido, loss of arousal. Everything went out the window when I actually fell in love with a girl. And that's when I started examining, Oh shit. Like, something's wrong here. Like something is wrong. Um, and that's when I started researching the porn and went back to my, my friend's statement. I said, I'm really going to consider it. And I dove all in and I started learning. And I finally had to get to the mental mindset that porn was never going to allow me the future that I wanted ever. Mm. And that was the day I stopped. I created such a negative association to porn that it never became an option again. At that point in time, everything else that I'd done over the previous 10, 15 years with, with personal development started to make sense. Now all the techniques that, that I had learned where I was able to start absorbing, but the real piece behind all of it and really what I coach is, is porn at its essence thrives upon disconnection and creates disconnection. It creates a disconnect with yourself, with other people, 
the earth around you and even the universe around you, like your spirituality. So it's creating a wedge in all those areas of your life with disconnection. And when you pull that back and focused on connecting with other people and, and the planet and everything, then the feeling in those, the feelings for compulsion for porn just kind of fell away as well as my other addictions. But um, you mentioned in my bio that I did get addicted to cocaine. There was also an opioid addiction in there from a car accident. So after I quit porn, there was a period of time where, okay, I think I'm, I was, I was doing great. I mean, I started to excel at work. I was connecting with clients and things were really taking off, but I started burning the candle at both ends. And um, in addition, I was, like I said, in the car accident, got addicted to opioids, mm. and I'd never been addicted to a substance in my life. I'd had a couple of surgeries before, taken painkillers. It wasn't a big deal, but my body latched onto it. So it was still searching for something to numb something inside of me. It took a period of about six months to addiction. Uh, and once I got off of that, again, started to ramp up, started doing well. And then I was burning the candle uh, at work working a lot of hours, just completely fatigued that somebody introduced cocaine to my life and I started taking it. I was like, wow, um, wow, it, it worked. And so that became a heavy addiction for close to a year. It took me about two to three months to kick the cocaine addiction. I, I applied a lot of what I now have in my program for the porn addiction um, to other addictions and realized that I had to get to the root of it, of what it was. And um, circling back to your question, do men identify it as an addiction? The clients that I work with typically get to that phase that yes, they realize it's an addiction, but for so many people in the world, they're not realizing that their state or life or confusion or anxiety or depression is founded and based in heavy porn use. And so I don't like to use the term addiction. I'll call it a compulsion because the frequency doesn't really matter or the intensity, but over a long period of time, you know, for me, it was 30 years of, you know, pun intended, drip, drip, drip. And maybe every couple of days, once a day, either to go to sleep, whatever it might be. Um, I never had the compulsion to where some of the guys I work with, where they might be watching three, four, eight hours a night and they're edging hours upon hours. And so there's variations to how it can affect people, but, really the level of which you consume it is irrelevant. It's still doing, doing damage. And so when people say, you know, porn is healthy, I'll often agree with them and say, porn is healthy until it's not. Mm. That's a really, that's a really, really good perspective um, on seeing it. And um, thank you for, you know, being really open and sharing, sharing with us your whole story there. So, um, you know, it's, people always re can relate to other people's stories and that's obviously a very brave thing to talk about and that's mm. that's why I sort of like encourage uh people sort of like open up when they've got a struggle because someone else can help them as well but you you mentioned um a couple of things around that there was a point where you realized I need to move away from Paul now and obviously it led on to other things but was it um was it the fact you, you talked about the pain point and uh, sometimes we have too much pleasure of something that obviously it will be addictive. But was was it the fact that you had reached an extreme hate, sorry, pain threshold that actually you went, this has got to stop now? And was was that pain point the the relationship for you? It would, Johnny. Yeah, great question. And 
the pain it was is different maybe it's the same for a lot of people but really understanding what that pain for me went the the pain for me meant really lack of feeling and lack of connecting Hmm. I felt like all alone in the world, maybe not lonely, but like, I, like, I just am not connecting with anything. Like I could talk to people. It was boring to talk to people. I was disinterested in people in general. And I knew I had to do it for work. I knew I had friends. I had family that, you know, you know, there were some people that I was close to that I had a little bit of enjoyment out of, but that was the pain of looking at existing another 30 years like this or 40 years that made me realize and it, it was actually a, a a tv show i saw on on one of the you know american channels here and the show was i'll probably paraphrase like the mind of a serial killer and they talked about people who get to the state serial killers they get to the state of numbness from feeling and when you get to that state people eventually become homicidal or suicidal and that was a jolt to me where I realized I'm not quite there yet, but man, I'm on that road. I am on that road. It is, it is directly in front of me. And if I don't do something that I could end up in any in either one of those paths, probably be more on the suicide path rather than homicidal. I mean, I can't even kill an ant. So, but I could feel that, that, that numbness and that was the pain that I had was that I don't want to sit here and not be able to feel for the next 40 years of my life. Hmm. That's uh, yeah. Okay. That makes um, total sense. And sometimes we, and that that's really useful that you could see that, that perspective of being at the end of your life, perhaps or later in life. And then you're looking back and thinking, Oh, I haven't experienced the enjoyment in life a little bit. And Sometimes um, that can be quite a good perspective that when I particularly like set goals or trying to do something and then, or I'm doing something I, you know, shouldn't like, this is a less extreme example, like procrastinating or perhaps when I used to go, I shared before I used to go out and drink quite heavily over weekends um, and stuff like that. And actually looking further in the future and thinking, oh, this is what I've done because of it. And actually you having that perspective is a, you know, a really good one to kind of see how much pain there could be like going through your life. So that, that totally um, resonates, Bill. Well, th yeah, I appreciate that. And it really got to the, a point of self-introspection where everything really had just turned inward as far as a selfishness. Mm -hmm. And you get to this point of emptiness and numbness where you're doing everything for selfish motives to where you still keep trying to do things to gain more, which it just becomes a rabbit hole that no matter what you do or what you try to achieve or gain, it wasn't filling this void of this numbness that I had to get to. And so you mentioned a little bit uh, uh, about how people relate. And that's kind of where the crack opened up for me, where I started being rewarded by that. After I broke up with this particular girl, I reached out to a very good close group of friends of mine and I was part of a community in Arizona. It was a fitness community, but it was also kind of a men's group where guys, we got together once a month and shared stuff that going on in our lives. And I remember sending an email to about 30 of these guys in the group. I said, Hey, most of you know that we broke up and you, every, you know, we told everybody it was because of long distance relationship, but underneath of it, it, the reason we broke up is because 
I ended up having sexual dysfunction in the relationship and loss of arousal. And, and she thought I was cheating on her. And this is something I want to figure out in my life. I think it's porn. I'm going to explore that. And I mean, it was a complete state state of being vulnerable with 30 men. Hmm. Again, a blind email that I sent out and it was more so just looking for help. Like, has anybody gone through this before? Cause I feel all alone. And after sending that email, I would say 25 of the guys reached out to me personally and two things happened. Um, one was the majority of them said, holy shit, like, I get it. I've had pieces of that in my life and I thought I was the only one as well. And thank you for sharing that because I felt, um, I feel much closer to you as a friend and I really feel connected. And and so that was the first thing that happened. And then the second one was that I really gained the knowledge and the understanding that there was strength and vulnerability and it wasn't to be feared. And so that was a point in my life where I just kept pushing the limits. I was vulnerable. I, would, I was telling my story because the more I shared, the more people connected with me. And that gave me strength. And the more I connected with people, my anxieties and fears and depression started to fall away. It's like the shell, this frozen ice was starting to melt off of me um, through connection. And that's what my program is based on is really not so much focusing on, on stopping porn. That's a piece of it, but really building true connection with yourself, people, the earth and the universe. You build it in those four areas. There's nothing that is going to stop you moving forward after that. Mm. Okay, so it's almost like, um, because sometimes we can, I see things as sometimes we can try and run away from the negative voice, and then we can move towards the positive, but quite a lot of us often, and this is what I find generally people come up with is more that how do I get away from negative voices? How do I get away from uh, bad habits and things like that, rather than what you want? So it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, you were looking for more of the approach of how do we create that more connection? How do we enjoy life more? How do we enjoy being ourselves more in the world? So you were kind of going with that, you're going for that approach, going down the, the positive route rather than trying to run away from something. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point. I don't know if I looked at it as positive or negative. It was just, here's a state of being where I actually felt something. Mm. And you know, I could have gone many different ways. Maybe I could have done something and got connected to just feeling like pain and anger. And maybe those feelings I could have grabbed onto, which could have taken a real nasty path. But vulnerability was something that I mm. actually felt. I felt what it felt like to really be connected to uh, more human beings and myself. And so I just thought I want more of that road of connecting like let me push this to the limit is there anything around sharing or connecting that is going to be uh, where it's going to be too much and i realized there wasn't it just kept going the more connection the more connection where connecting with people turned into more of a connection with myself which as that peeled apart i realized i you know i want to care more about the planet and connect and be with my environment around me and understand and sit with the trees and the grass and the birds and the insects and and connect with that which led to another higher level of connection which was spirituality so it went through that path to me to get to that ultimate level of connection which was spirituality um, of the universe i'm not religious so i don't talk in terms of god or anything like that but it became a true awakening of a connection to the universe which was really enca encapsulated everything 
Awesome. Love it. Love it. That's brilliant. And um, when you were, uh, how would you say your, your self-talk with yourself um, is now compared to how it used to be when you, uh, you had more struggles? Oh man, it's, it's completely different, but you know, I don't want to lie that our, our, our negative, our limiting beliefs tend to live with us our whole life. Mm. And it's what can we do to shut those down when they pop up? And so the limiting belief that was kind of running my whole life for 35 years was I'm not good enough or, or I don't matter. And so that was the thing that encapsulated me to where any experience that I had, I would, I would eternalize any event that made either one of those statements true. Hmm. And I mean, I could do 99 things that were great in one thing where it didn't work out. I would latch onto that one thing and say, yep, I'm not good enough or I don't matter. And my brain would completely disassociate from the 99 times that I might've touched somebody uh, in, in, a, in a way that like helped them. And so it was a, it really an understanding of my entire being of live with those moments where my brain says you're not good enough, sit and be with it, and then let it pass and move forward with, okay, ego side, I'm going to move forward because I've got purpose in life now that's much bigger than my own ego. And it was a conversation around abundance, which was another thing that I worked on um, because when I finally decided to quit what I was doing for work. I had a great high paying job. Um, I was producing televisions and, and documentary. I was doing all kinds of stuff, but I finally gave all that up and said, my purpose is to help men do this, get through this, have their own awakening. I have a, I can be a light. I can't do the work for people, but I have a light and I can show you a roadmap. And that kind of became my purpose. And that became my my calling. Like that's what my connection with spirituality gave me was that meaning of of here's what you're here to do. This is it. You've tried all this stuff. Doesn't matter. This is what you're meant to do. And when I had that realization and that awakening, life really became abundant. It was no, no longer about money or how much money I made or whatever it was or the hottest chick to be with. It was none of that. It was, I'm here to serve a purpose in the world and nothing's going to get in the way of that. And when I reached that level, that was the other thing where there's no addiction. No addiction can live in that space of purpose because it just won't serve it. And so your body will reject that. Your mind will reject that. And so as far as self-talk, that's the point that I got to is it became, you know, it, it, um, a release of ego. I was able to train my ego as opposed to have it drive the bus and run rampant. You know, I call upon my ego when I need it. <laughs> um but other than that, it was a complete understanding. It was a surrender. It really was a surrender, Johnny, to the to my purpose. And that's it, it's just a life. One thing that I mentioned is for years, I had resentment towards my porn and sex addiction. I never had regret because it was really I mean, I did some fun stuff. There's great stories, but it resentment because it got me to a life where I was numb and all these type of things. When I surrendered that this was my gift, to the world, that resentment turned to gratitude in a nanosecond. I remember the moment it just washed over me um, as my purpose. And, and it's been that day moving forward where I don't worry about money. I don't worry anything about anything else other than being a voice for this in the world. 
That's awesome. Love it. And um, I, I love the point you made quite early on then, which was about um, we can still get limiting beliefs or the odd bit of negative self-talk pop up. But actually, when we've got a, a purpose and a mission, uh, that gives us that belief in ourselves that bit more, but also helping other people and connecting with other people. And like you said, connecting with the world more and being yourself. So, um, yeah, that, you know, that sounds amazing what you've been doing so uh thank you for for sharing that um the other question i had uh was you obviously there are some habits you, you put in place in terms of connecting with others a little bit more and um i think you said like being more with the universe and things like that and just trying to be more spiritual were there were there any mm -hmm. other habits you found particularly useful go, moving forward and moving to the place you are now yeah, absolutely. Because to break the cycle, you you really have to start, you have to push through it a little bit. But so many people try to push through their addiction, just bull moose it all the way through, which can be done. Um, I look at my fiance, who's amazing. She quit alcohol and smoking uh, New Year's Eve 2019 and hasn't turned back. And since then, she's built a business. She's done amazing things. Oh, amazing. And I'd like to think that me being her life was a, a piece of her success, uh, but she's also a very powerful person to get through that but in the beginning you have to be because i can't you just can't come out and say you know connect with the universe and find your purpose and your addiction is going to go away hmm. people are like well, how the fuck do you do that you know, <laughs> like, yeah of course if i could do that that would be great so yeah you have to put some logical systems in place um uh, i mean you hear about this stuff all the time i mean personal development is real um it, uh, you know self-talk like you mentioned I don't know if words of affirmation so much, but changing your self language around abundance, all those type of things. But I typically start my guys off in my course by stripping everything that they're already doing. You have to scratch that record completely. And if they're addicted to porn, but they're still maybe doing meditation in the morning or they're doing a morning, a morning ritual that they're already doing, I say, you have to scrap that right now. We're going to build a new one. But you have to build a positive ritual. I call it a conquer the morning ritual. Um, and so these are things that you can start off the boat, uh, off the bat, just to throw yourself a lifeline, to keep yourself busy, to start scratching that record player in your brain, to start creating new connections. And you know, a, a morning ritual needs to consist of uh, I call breath work, meditation, uh, uh, um, cleaning the cleaning or beautifying the world around you which could be just as simple as, you know, making your bed, cleaning your room, doing the dishes, folding laundry, that type of stuff. And then moments of, of self-empowerment, which is going to be uh, gratitude and, and one intention for the day that you absolutely must do. So there's, there's a strict set of, of a morning ritual that I like to help people build in the beginning that gets them focused on that and start become a scientist of your own challenges as opposed to being a victim of it remove yourself from it and start just analyzing it. Some people can overanalyze it, but um, definitely putting systems in place, but you have to break it down completely. It's just like if you go into the military, they're going to break you down first and then build you back up in a form of, of just positive systems and thoughts and behaviors. Oh, love it. Um, the, the breaking down um, idea there. Uh, no, that's uh, no, that's really useful. And then creating the right rituals and things like set leading up, I think you used the term self-empowerment there, which is a really good term. Um, 
And you, I like the, what you said about the scientist as well, being a scientist of your own um, life or having that super, I almost like to look at things as like sort of being super self-aware so we can be able to build up the things that are going to work for us and help us and increase our, how we feel about ourselves. And that's where we want to get to and therefore be able to help more people because we're building ourselves up um, like you've, um, you've, you're a great example of that and what you shared today. So um, no, that's fantastic. Bill, um, before we, before we sort of like finish off, are there any final tips you would give um, from anyone else, perhaps going through an addiction or struggle? Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there's a few. One is reach out to somebody you trust and you really have to find that it's a, somebody you trust, a family member. And sometimes that's hard because your family members are typically the ones that have been trying to get you to stop to do something. So maybe you've built resentment for it. But once you come to a realization that you have an addiction and you want to want to stop, voice it. Declare that you want to stop and change and share it with someone. And if you have nobody to share it with, reach out to a coach, reach out to me, reach out to you, reach out to somebody that has experience around this and just make it known. That's really the first part. And that'll, that'll kind of crack, crack the shame of getting over it. Um, and then, and then two is, um, start building these systems and rituals and be really dive in, as I mentioned, becoming a scientist around your own recovery and not get hung up on the attachment of, of, of a relapse or with that, because a relapse in anything, it's just another opportunity to put a magnifying glass on self-transformation. So maybe you put some things in place, then you relapse. Okay, those things were working, but I either need to enhance something that I had in place, put something new, or maybe I stopped doing something. So you look at it as an area, okay, here's an area that I need to focus on to start putting things into place. Um, but definitely definitely reach out to somebody. And, and it's hard to say this on the other side of it, but you can't, you can't get mad at yourself because you, your body is just, your brain is going to want to have self-defeat and that's all you're, you're going to want to live into. So just, everything just becomes overwhelming. So again, I guess that's the other piece, just break it down, break it down little by little by little um, and realize it's just temporary. Even though you might've been living with it for 30 years, it still is just temporary. Uh, love that just temporary and uh, I think I was glad you started off with the reach out and then just share it because in when we sort of have things internally within our own heads it can be the worst kind of place just to be stuck there and getting it out being uh, realizing what's going on that's going to help that being the science well you can then become more of a scientist of what's going on and understanding it because it yeah. can be absolute chaotic in your head whether you are struggling with self-esteem whether you're struggling with your confidence in something whether you're struggling from some kind of behavior whether it's pornography alcohol um drugs or smoking or something just getting it out and then uh saying it so you can start examining it and then working through it i love them um, love you i started there and that's been some very valuable tips you've given as per um all the the great shares and thank you for being um for being so open and giving people your experience absolutely so we really value that so bill you've been a great well amazing guest today so if people want to find you where can they find you 
Uh, just Google my name, Bill Ranshaw, R-A-N-S-H-A-W. That might take you to my YouTube channel, which is uh, The Connected Being, B-E-I-N-G. And I think it's also BillWilderment.org. I have a bunch of different ways, but Google my name. My website is BillWilderment.org, B-I-L-L-W-I-L-D-E-R-M-E-N-T.org. Um, and so you can start off finding there, but YouTube's a great place to, to start finding my videos to kind of help you, uh, help you out. Fantastic. And we'll leave that in the, we'll leave those details in the description as well. So if you're listening or watching this, you can, um, you can find that information and find Bill, uh, there as well. So once again, thank you, Bill, for being with us today and sharing, um, a new topic and a new area that's, that people are going to relate to, and it's really going to help add value to people's lives. So thank you. Awesome, Johnny. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you're doing. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate that. And we'll catch you in the next episode.